The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini wishing you a Merry Christmas. We certainly hope everything's going well around your home. We've hanging in here, taking care of a little bit of home improvement information for you because you're at the right place for the most practical, realistic, most current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. We certainly want to hear from you. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about a lot of different subjects. This first hour, we're going to talk about water seepage around a brand new storm door. What is causing that to happen? We're going to help a homeowner out with that. Also, as you get a little older, the new rate comfort toilet seats start to be very appealing. What, what what about that, Joe, for a Christmas gift, huh? Here. Oh, yeah, I'm sure your wife would love that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost as good as that vacuum cleaner that we give our <laughs> wives from time to time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is that they are becoming more and more common, though. Those toilets. At some point, they're just going to be all the toilets are going to be raised, I suspect. I think so, too. We'll tell you all about that. And also, it's still a good time for deck maintenance. Certainly, if there's a foot of snow on your deck, uh, maybe wait a little while. But there's a lot of parts of the country right now that you can still keep that deck looking good all year long. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more, including all of your emails that you sent in. We're going to get to as many of those as we can. And, Joe, I know you've got us a simple solution saved up. I do indeed. And it's how to enlarge an existing hole with a hole saw, because often you can't do that, but I got a oh, trick that makes that really easy. Yep. Oh, perfect. Looking forward to that. All of that's coming up and a, and a whole lot more. And again, we want to hear from you. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at todayshomeowner.com slash ask or pick up the phone and call us anytime, 800-946-4420. A lot of Christmas uh, traditions around there. A lot of yep. a great time of the year for a lot of things, including getting engaged. Is this right, Joe? Tell us all about it. Getting engaged, yes. My uh, daughter became engaged over Thanksgiving, um, oh, man. which was was lovely. They, she and her boyfriend, I guess fiance now. They um, they started a business together. She's a she's a cheesemonger and he's a fishmonger, and they started <laughs> they started a uh, an, uh, a company called the corporate company is called Stinky Mongers because you have fish <laughs> and you have cheese. Um, and her her business is new curds on the block, and his is to the gill. And they've been doing great. They have a retail space and they go to farmer's markets all summer. Anyway, so they were celebrating their first anniversary in business. And we showed up that morning to help celebrate and found out they were engaged. Oh, so we're wow. very happy for them. And he's a great guy. He's uh, he's one of these guys that's very smart and he's very personable, but he doesn't dominate conversation. He's not always talking about himself. And, uh -huh. and that's always appealing to me. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thank congratulations to, to all of you guys. That's uh, that's pretty exciting going into the holidays, thinking about a wedding around the corner. Uh, of course, there's a lot of things to be thankful for, a lot of uh, nice traditions around the house. And, well, you have uh, you an know, engaged daughter too, Danny. Yes, I will, we'll Is be that? talking about that uh, marriage all through the, the holidays and so forth. That's coming up the latter part of uh, April, my last uh, uh, daughter to get married, my little baby. So it'll, yeah. be, uh, it'll be an exciting time and a wonderful 2024. 
for. And since I'm slowing down my train a little bit, I'll have a lot more time to be able to spend with them. This, uh, If you're not aware, this is the next to the last Today's Home That's on the right. Radio show. Next week, we'll be wrapping it all up and hanging up our, our headphones to kind of take care of all of our to-do lists that seem to be growing more and more. Now, now I've always been one to make the list. Now, Sharon's making supplement lists and adding to them, like an addendum. I'm getting an addendum yeah. uh, honeydew list. Yeah. Well, Danny said he's slowing down the train, but what we didn't tell you is Sharon's hooking more cars on the end of the train. <laughs> so it used to be a three-car train. Now it's a 30-car. He's like one of those freight trains. You have to put your car in park and turn the engine <laughs> off because it's going to be a while. It's definitely not, train rolls through. It's definitely uh, uh, not slowing down at all. I have a lot of projects I've been putting off for many, many years. That's what that's what happens, you know, when you're when you're a homeowner and certainly a business owner. It uh, takes a little while to get around to your own list. I'm certainly sure. enjoying every minute of that. Working at my river cabin a little bit. Working on getting my um, office building ready to sell next year. And did you get rid of, a lot of all th- the equipment and all the furniture? Uh, I know well, you had a big uh, sale. You had brought in someone to sell stuff, right? Yes. Certainly brought in someone that liquidated a lot of it, and we were very happy that we were uh, 20% of all of those proceeds went to Ronald McDonald House. So we were able to present them um, a nice check, as well as um, we also donated two large truckloads to Habitat Restore. They, uh, I I guess, whoever stocks the shelves around there going, oh, no, not him again. (laughs) Uh, I I loaded them up in another uh, charity that is coming to pick up another load of different types of furniture and tools and so forth. Waterfront oh, Rescue great. Mission, they'll be coming in next week to uh, pretty much finish up everything there. It was amazing how much stuff you can you can really accumulate over a period of years. Sure. Of, you yeah. know, product manufacturers sending you a lot of things to test and to try out to possibly include on your radio or television show. So, uh, yeah, there was quite a few things there. Some of it's still in the box that uh, we weren't able to test everything, but we were able to make a lot of people happy, uh, both through the donations and some very reasonable products pricing that took place. So, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's close, but like anything, moving out of a house, moving out of a business, you think, you think you're finished and you're around the corner and you open another door and you, Oh, I forgot about that little closet. Well, the last couple of years you did both. You moved out of a house and you shut down a business. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, so it's it's definitely and and to tell you a little bit about that next week we're gonna kind of talk about the whole today's homeowner story. We've got a lot of funny stories we're gonna do. We've got a lot of people joining us. It was very instrumental in the journey as we move through. So we're gonna do a little kicking the can around the room and a little bit of reminiscing and laughing out loud and uh, and and go out uh, full speed ahead. Yes. Uh, we'll still be mixing in a little bit of home improvement there because that's so much part of our life. But ought to be an interesting show next week, Joe. Yeah. Our- last show the very the tv show shut down although you can catch it on streaming services 25 years worth of tv shows of today's homeowner but yeah the radio show and uh, what is it, Danny? 360-something stations. Yep. Um, we'll be saying goodbye, and we're very sad. I mean, I love spending the, this this time every weekend with Danny and the crew, Brad and Scott and the other producers and engineers we've had. But, um, you know, we're going out. The show is as popular as ever, and it's just time to move on. You know, Danny 
deserves retirement as much as anybody I've ever met. So uh, I'm happy for him. I'm going to keep chugging along, and um, we'll see where the next what door opens next. That's right, Joe. Keep keep tuned in to some of the emails that we send out from time to time because uh, when Joe decides a few things that he's working on right now, we'll be able to announce those as well as today's homeowner.com. You know, we've got plenty of information that we'll continue to um, put online for for all of you at today's homeowner.com. Certainly, uh, checking in with Chelsea.com. Full speed ahead. She's got a lot of videos there, a lot of other information that she'll be continuing to add to her website and blog. And then, of course, as Joe mentioned, you can watch close to 600 episodes over 25 years worth of today's homeowner television by simply going to today's homeowner.com slash stream. Today's homeowner.com slash stream. And you'll see all kinds of places like Roku, Pluto, Freevee, LG TV channel number 476, and a whole lot more. Again, today's homeowner.com slash stream. Joe, it just seems like uh, the questions never end. There's so much of an appetite for good, straightforward home improvement information these days. Yeah, it's like when I was writing for magazines and books, people often wondered, do you ever run run out of ideas (laughs) for producing this? And it's no, there's unlimited ideas to work on and projects to build and the same with questions. And, you know, while we get a lot of questions about concrete, right, because it cracks or it stains, and we've got a lot of painting questions because people are always looking to paint. It's a very DIY-friendly project. But there are tons of questions we get that we've never heard before, even after all these years. You think we'd have heard everything, but we don't. And we love that. That's what keeps us keeps us engaged and keeps us always hoping to give you the very freshest, best information. As we often say, Danny, sure, you can go online and look it up. But first, you don't know who's providing that information, and you don't know how old it is. Because once it's on the Internet, who knows if it ever gets taken down? So uh, we've been always been trying to give you the best and freshest information. Especially a lot of the, the, the searches, you know, the first five or 10 or 20 are paid for. Right. So certainly that's extremely biased information there. And what you're looking for is unbiased information. Now, if you're looking right. for a particular product, yeah, let all the products pop up so that you see what all the examples are. But when you're looking for good, straightforward information, you don't need to have this long, long article. Getting right to the point makes it a whole lot more enjoyable. And that's what we've always done here at Today's Homeowner. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We're just getting started here on this week's show. So glad you're with us. You're listening to Today's Home on the radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. I want to say a special hello to WLUE 94.1 in Eminence, Indiana. Um, special hello to everybody there. We um, hope that uh, everything's going well. Hope you're having a Merry Christmas. Hope all your home projects will just wait a few days till you get back in the groove. But so glad that you're spending some of your busy weekend, holiday weekend, with us here at Today's Homeowner. We're going to go right to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Janine uh, joins us from Wisconsin. Janine, welcome to the show. And uh, tell us what's going on around your house. Oh, hello, hello. And I'm so 
sad to hear this is the second to the last show. I've been so happy with watching you on TV and listening to your podcast. So congratulations and good luck to your future. Thank well, you, thank, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We're going to miss you, too, and every, all our other callers. Oh, man. I don't know who else to tag because I don't have anybody around. I do this all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> well. your, your kids are lucky to have you around to help out. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. What's, what's happening at your house right now? What kind of problems are you having? Well, um, I, I think this problem is causing uh, some chipping away at my concrete right at the base of the stairs where the awning hangs over in my entry door. Uh-huh. And I patched the concrete, um, and it's to no avail. It just keeps on coming down. So I don't know how to divert the rain because there's it's not at a corner of a house. You know, the door is like smack dab in the middle of the house, so there's no way. And, and it's a walkway, too. So... To the left is uh, my garage and a gated area to walk into the house, and to the right is the front of the house and the driveway. So it it, it uh, marries into my driveway, so I'm not quite sure how to divert without more um, uh, hazard. So, Janine, the water the water is running off of the roof or off of an awning, or where is it coming from? I think it's off the awning. Um, okay. There's a metal awning over the stairs, and... Um, I tried a rain chain, homemade rain chain. It didn't help, but I don't know if it helped or not because I still haven't repaired the second time around the concrete, the broken up concrete that that rain just beats on it. Um, So, yeah, I think it's the awning because there's no roof. Um, There's an awning above that awning to the second floor, and there's an awning on that window, too. So my my guess is all awning because uh, the roof wouldn't cause it. Would you you be able to control the water better if you had a piece of um, guttering along there? Would would, um, guttering attach there that allow you to divert that water one way or the other? Well, there's a little lip. Um, looks yeah, like I a see metal that in your photograph, the, yeah. Yeah, in the edge. So I thought that would be that gutter. And you can kind of see the awning above that awning. You can see the second floor on that picture as well. Um, so, yeah, so I'm thinking that is a diverter, but it, it just goes from there and hits the concrete anyway. So I need something that's going to. I don't know, like yeah. I, I would really, I would. Uh, I'll tell you the the guys that make the custom guttering, which is uh, pretty much all they do now with the seamless type guttering. Uh, they deal with a lot of situations, especially with um, so many houses with um, very steep and unusual roof lines tying together. They're really um, essential to a successful house a lot of times in having the proper guttering that they make up right as they're standing there in front of the project. Um, you might want to talk to one of them because this is a very common problem, whether it's eroding concrete concrete or your uh, driveway or um, flower bed to be able to manage that water properly, they may well be able to run a piece of gutter around that. One downspout hooked to a piece of pipe and you're ready to go. Um, I think I would consider that. It's a lot cheaper than most people realize. Okay, so um, uh, it's a gutter Gutter, I would look for? That yeah, would... Uh, yeah, a seamless aluminum gutter, seamless aluminum gutters. Um, if you Google that for your town, I guarantee you, you'll get several different options. Or you can call the local home builders association and get them to recommend a company that does it, um, that, you know, it's part of their membership and so forth. And um, I, I would just see what they would be able to offer because I think that would be the quick and easiest way to manage that water. Okay, beautiful. Um, the next question is that that door, um, that same door, uh, was replaced, um, and I, you can see some brown water stains. I had heard drip, drip, drip on a stormy day and open up the door, and I'm like, huh, it's coming in. And so I 
that's the gentleman who installed the door, and he did caulk on the outside right above um, the doorway. Um, but it happened again. So you know what that could be all about, because I don't recall it leaking with the old door. And that's a storm door, right, Janine? Not the not yeah. the entry door. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's that first screen door that you see in the picture, that glass right. door there. Yeah. Well, is it possible that the upper part of the awning is leaking and the water's running down directly above the storm door that'll allow it to wick in? Because it'll really force its way in there on a very, very small hole. Is it a possibility that it's leaking where the awning uh, attaches to the roof? It's probably a possibility. That's where another gutter would probably come into play if I contact that seamless aluminum gutter. Um, I just didn't think it was that just because, you know, I had a door there before with the gutter not being touched and I had no problem, but that, that could be possible. Okay, Janine, the, only, the last thing I would recommend is close the storm door and lock it and go outside and just spray around it with a hose and have somebody on the inside and see if you can detect where the water might be coming from. Because there might be okay. some, you know, some weather stripping you can install. The, these doors usually have a channel, a, an aluminum channel that goes across the top that diverts rain or water coming in. I mean, you have the awning above it, so I'm not sure how this rain is getting in. But but the garden hose, spray it and just have someone see if they can find out where that leak is. Start at the top and work down the sides. Perfect. Okay. All righty. I'm sure I have many more, but I'm going to have to try to think of a different avenue for the other questions. Google is a wonderful <laughs> thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah we we hung in here as long as we could. We've got to play a little bit now. I've got to take care of some of my projects around my house. I've got a long list to go, but but I'm so glad we were able to talk with you today and, and uh, wish you the absolute best on uh, the holidays as well as uh, all your projects around your home. Thank you. You as well. Love okay. you all. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Hey, we uh, do have a stack of emails. We want to get to as many of them as we can. All Let's right. go with Steve in Kansas. I recently refinished my front door, sanded off old varnish and stain, applied new stain, and then two coats of exterior polyurethane. Why is the surface still somewhat rough? Did I do something wrong? Well, well Joe, the first thing I think about is how critical it is to lightly sand That's between right. coats yeah. because it's almost like someone snuck up behind you and threw a, a, a a bunch of uh, real fine sand over yeah. a lot of it, but uh, the sanding of it really allows you to smooth that out and really build up the kind of finish that you want. Yeah, what happens when you put a finish on wood, it soaks into the wood and the grain of the wood raises up and becomes almost like, like almost furry, right? And uh -huh. so you have to sand that down and then put on another coat. And usually by the second coat, it doesn't, the grain doesn't raise quite as much, but if it does, you can hit it again. And we're talking about sanding with super fine, you know, no coarser than maybe 180 grit. I mean, really fine. And just knock it down, wipe off the sanding dust, then apply it. Now, if he didn't, Steve didn't say he sanded between coats, which is the issue, but it could also be bubbles in the polyurethane, but assuming there are no bubbles, it's probably just a raised grain. And what, what can you do now is exactly that. Sand it down. It's the polyurethane, but sand it down and apply one light coat of polyurethane, a third coat. That would seal it. Would you go with the 120 or the 220 on the grit? What grit would you recommend? I would I would do, you know, one, on the polyurethane, you can maybe go as coarse as 120, but I wouldn't go any coarser than that because you want to scratch up the whole surface. You're just trying to knock it down a little bit. And always wipe the surface. Remove all that dust before applying the next coat. 
Hey, here's a real quick one that's kind of relevant to that. Bob in Arkansas asked, I opened a can of polyurethane today to refinish some deck furniture. There's a solid skim on top of the liquid in the can. Oh, yeah. Is the mm -hmm. poly still okay if you can remove the skin on top? And if that's ever happened to you, normally it is. It's almost like a um, a, a lid inside yeah, the can. It, right? So you can cut that out. But what, what would be your opinion in terms of is the polyurethane seal as good as it was? Yeah, I think it probably is. Probably sealed in. The only thing I'd recommend is cut that out, you know, pull it out with a pair of pliers or something, that skim, and then strain it because you're going to have little bits of that in there. So strain it through a screen of some sort um, before you apply it. And then when you put it back in the can, assume you don't use it all, obviously there's air getting in there. So you're going to have to maybe put plastic over it and tap the lid down. What I often do, if it's small enough amount left, I just pour it into an old jar with, with a screw lid mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that really secures it tightly and keeps out all that air. Now, it depends on where you're celebrating the holidays, but a lot of people in the more southern parts of the country are out on their deck. But you want that deck to look good? We're going to talk with the homeowner and give them a little advice on how to make that deck really look good throughout the winter. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by the Home Depot. Now, for the most part, toilet seats go unnoticed unless they're up when they should be down. But Colder realized they could also improve the comfort and convenience of the bathroom, which led to their design of the heightened, elevated, quiet, closed toilet seat. The seat's thicker design adds three inches to the seat height and allows you to enjoy the added comfort of a higher toilet seat without having to replace the entire toilet. Uh, because the design looks like a conventional seat, it blends right into your normal bathroom decor. Plus, the quiet, closed hardware and quick-release feature makes it very easy to use and very easy to remove for convenient cleaning. Now, for more information on this Kohler heightened, elevated, quiet, closed toilet seat, log on to Home Depot. Dot com. I knew they would get around to that sooner or later, yeah. Joe. It's one of those things all about comfort and maybe um, maneuverability, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> one of Danny's favorite things, the quiet, closed toilet seat. <laughs> so anyway, let's go back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. And we have Drew on the line from Massachusetts. Drew, welcome back to the show. And uh, tell us what's going on around your house. Oh, thanks, guys, for taking my call again. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be one of the final guests calling in, I guess, on the show. Well, thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. A little like uh, Bette Midler on the final Johnny Carson, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I sent in a couple of pictures. Um, I have a pressure-treated wood deck that was built know, about two years ago, and I had it stained maybe about eight months ago. It's kind of like a battleship gray. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if you can see the photos, but even if, even if you don't. Um, I'm looking at them right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's one picture. Well, I, I have two deck problems, same deck, but two problems. But the first one is um, some kind of dirty film, like soot almost. And I, I, I haven't done anything. I haven't tried to mop it. I haven't done anything. So mm -hmm. um, if you can see, it's kind of a black film to it. You can see sneaker prints in it. Right. Um, I'm a little, little hesitant to try a pressure washer only because I don't want to damage the new stain or the wood. And I didn't know if there's anything solution or mixture of solution that I can 
just mop it with that might improve that. Well, I'll tell you something that I tried. I'm, I'm amazed that more people don't use a deck brightener. Um, you know, it comes in a gallon um, can and you basically apply it to, let's say, a six by six area. And then you just uh, basically wash it off with a water hose. And um, it's a more passive way of really cleaning things. And the way it was described to me is it actually lifts the debris out of the pores of the wood and allows you to wash them away versus a pressure washer that can push the dirt down in into the pores a little bit. So I've heard several opinions on that, but that's pretty much the synopsis of what I've heard on that. So what I would do then is uh, I would probably lightly sand the deck. And I mean, really lightly, just a little bit of more of a cleaning effort than anything else. Put the deck brightener on it. Make sure you read those instructions well. And then I would apply with a brush. You could do a roller, but still come back with a big, maybe a four inch brush and really push that uh, stain, the same type of stain that you have on there and push it kind of into the grain of the wood a little bit. And I think you'll find it always seems to be that when you stain something a second time outside, it lasts a lot, lot longer, whether it's siding or treated wood or whatever. It just seems to get down into the pores a little better and hold up a little bit. But I think that's the way I would approach it and then not worry about your pressure washer right now. Okay. So when you said sand it, like what kind of grid? I have a um, like a Ryobi hand sander. Um, it's a small deck though. Yeah. I would put something like a hundred uh, grit paper on it and just kind of lightly go over it. And you can also at the same time, look for any nails or any screws that may have backed out that may need to be some, a little of attention to them. And you mm -hmm. certainly are able to look and see if anything, uh, you know, has come loose. So, uh, just a real light, uh, sanding, then clean it, then the deck brightener. And I guarantee you, it'll be a really good surface for that stain to go on and to really soak into those pores. Okay, excellent. Yeah, and now that we're at Christmas, I, I'm guessing this is a spring project. It's like it's at Cape Cod, so it's like 20 degrees in the morning and 40 degrees in the afternoon. So I'm guessing I probably wait till a little warmer weather. That's definitely a spring project right there. You could probably do some cleaning on it um, if you wanted to go ahead and improve that. But as far as applying anything, you'll want to get those temperatures up above 50 and rising. Yep, excellent. Okay, and then the um, the second issue I've had this is uh, on a step going onto the deck. I'm, I'm guessing this will take some sanding. Right. Um, I, I had a welcome mat there that with the temperatures being so hot this summer, the rubber backing melted onto the deck. So yeah. when you when you peel it up, first of all, I can barely get that off. So I'm going to have wow. to like rip it like a, like a bandage. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 leaves, it leaves a lot of rubber debris there. So I, where it's only one step, I mean, I don't mind sanding this one because it's probably like two feet by three feet maybe. Right. Um, so I take the same approach with that, just sand that right down to the wood and then just restain it. Well, before you do that, because if you sand it down to the bare wood, trying to match the stain and everything, it might be pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. I would soak it in boiling water. Just get a tea kettle, pour a puddle onto just one section of this rubber that's stuck on the tread and wait. I don't know, you know, maybe wait a minute or two, then try lightly scraping it. Because I'm thinking that you could probably loosen it up a little bit. Um, I yeah. wouldn't dry scrape it only because you don't want to be gouging into the, the treads because that would be pretty obvious as well. So I think I would soak it. I mean, they do make adhesive um, products that dissolve adhesives. This isn't really an adhesive, but it probably would work. But I would try the hot water, Drew. I think that would probably be enough to loosen it up and then just scrape it off. Just be careful when you're scraping. And I would use, like, they'd make carbide paint scrapers, which are really aggressive. So you have to be really easy. You have to take it really slow and easy, but that would mm -hmm. remove it um, without any issue. 
And then you'll have to see what the condition is. You might have to restain just that one spot. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be doing the cleaning and staining the other section, so maybe it won't be that big a deal if I do have to. So. Yeah. And don't put another mat down there, even if it doesn't have a rubber backing. <laughs> well, I, I already have my own uh, solution for that coming up. It's um, if, if, I, if I do have to put a rubber backed mat down there, I'm going to cut a piece of felt and pin it okay. in there, and then that way the, the rubber go. will never meet the deck. Well, you won't be able to call us next year to say, how do I remove felt from my deck? So be careful, whatever <laughs> whatever you do. One one problem right to the next. All right. Excellent. So I'll definitely try that. Uh, thank you for all the help over the years. I was a little little disappointed when I heard Danny's retirement, but then, because uh, he sounds like he's at the top of his game still, but he is. then when I hear him say things like Pluto and Freebie and Tubo and Zoomy, I'm like, well, maybe this time. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of ways that you can revisit some of the, the older yeah. shows, and I certainly appreciate you being on today, Drew, and, and uh, in the past, and uh, best of luck to you on all of your projects, and certainly hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Thanks. Yep, you, you guys too, and uh, again, thanks for everything, and uh, you know, have a great retirement. You, you certainly earned it. I appreciate that so much, Drew. I certainly do. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and see if we can tie in to a few of these emails that we received. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Wizard Screen Solutions. Find out more at wizardscreens.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us here at today's Homeowner Radio. And hope you're doing great and kind of relaxing and enjoying uh, the holidays as much as you possibly can. Hey, uh, this is our next to our last show. So we're trying to get as many things taken care of as we can. And we're going to jump right on our stack of emails. This one came in from Rose in Florida. My home was built in 2000. My guest bathroom tub has streaks of rust at the bottom on the inside. I've tried using rust removal, but it's not getting rid of it. I tried brushing on some touch-up paint, but it didn't match the white tub. Other than that, the tub is in very good condition. I can't afford to have the entire inside of the tub refinished. Any suggestions to get rid of the streaks of rust? Well, I think she complicated life by putting that uh, whatever she put on top of the paint, stain yeah. because you're going to have to remove the paint to get to the um, to the stains. Um, I'm not sure what she's going to be able to use to cut through all of that. And, of course, we can assume the paint she used was an enamel or right. some type of possibly spray enamel. But either way, she's kind of put a little protective shield over the rust. Yeah, she's going to have to remove. Um, they do make like a appliance touch-up paint or um, enamel touch-up paint comes in it almost looks like a um, nail polish bottle with a little brush <clears throat> so I'm assuming that's what she used but yeah she's gonna have to take that off and how you do that I guess you'd have to just sand it off. I'm, I'm guessing this is a relatively small area I guess you'd have to sand that off but Danny's right you have to get down to the uh, to the rust and then there's a homemade solution I've used that works really well you mix lemon juice and salt or baking soda and white vinegar and you put it on there, you let it rest for a few minutes, and you scrub it off. Hmm. Um, that will usually remove the rust. Now, she did say she tried some rust removers. Um, the one that I use all the time that works really well, iron out. Uh -huh. And um, I'd be surprised if that didn't work. There's another one called LC, let me see, what is it? CLR. It right. stands for calcium lime rust remover. Those okay. are the two most popular ones. I'd probably try iron out first because I have more experience with it. And I've never had it not remove iron. So, but okay, so she removes the iron, Danny, but now what? You know, now you're going to have 
that I'm assuming this is a cast iron tub. So you're going to have to seal that. Um, otherwise, it's going to rust again, of course, and put on some kind of, you know, more of that paint. For right. it. I'm, uh-huh. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure, but yeah, um, I have seen people actually tape around uh, the tub and only paint right. just the very bottom. And maybe it has a slight shade difference than the sides, yeah. but it will yeah. kind of cover all of that up. But several different ways to go on that. But first, try to attack that rust, and hopefully, you'll be able to eliminate that one. Here's an email that came in from Alice in Iowa. Uh, our concrete block basement has one wall that was painted by previous owners about 30 years ago. The wall has reddish stains in the corners. After wire brushing off the discoloration, can I paint over these walls? If so, what type of paint should I use to prevent those stains? Well, I would wash the entire wall with a trisodium phosphate, TSP, available at any paint center or home center. And that will take off most of what you need to take off prior to recoating it. And then instead of a regular paint, I would go with a latex-based waterproofer, uh, one that's used quite a bit. is called Drylock. Is from a company called UGL. Uh, read the instructions, have plenty of ventilation, put two thin coats on it, and that'll really provide you a barrier if you are experiencing any moisture coming in there at all. Another email from Barry in Massachusetts. Hey, Danny, we have a hot water baseboard heat in our homes. And last week, I noticed a small puddle of water on the basement floor right next to the boiler. I mopped up the the water and uh, didn't really find any obviously leak, but a day or two later, there was another puddle. I looked more closely and discovered that water was slowly dripping from a copper pipe on the back of the boiler. It um, looks like some type of overflow pipe that extends to within 12 inches of the floor. There's a relief valve on the pipe. Would replacing the relief valve stop the leak? That's a little scary one there, Joe. That's a, yeah. kind of a very specialized kind of plumbing. Yeah, um, I, I, it might be the relief valve. I kind of doubt it, but um, the relief valve does open when there's a buildup of pressure. That's the reason it's there. It's a safety device. If it's not there, it should be. You should have one installed. Um, but it might also be the expansion tank. in Above the boiler, you'll see piped in will be this, uh, like, uh, usually blue. At least everyone I've seen is blue. But it's this big, like, globe-shaped thing. It's a big round thing. And it's got a bladder in it. And when that bladder fails inside the tank, or if it gets ruptured, um, it'll build up pressure. And so that relief valve will open to let some water out. Now, it might not be completely um, ruptured in that water's pouring out. But um, so the point is, if you have a service contract, the company should come out and replace it for free. You just have to pay for parts. But I would suspect it's probably that that expansion tank because, like I said, they do fail over time. And, and it shouldn't take them more than 20 minutes to replace that. Hey, Joe, coming up, I know you have a simple solution for us. Give us just a little hint of what we might expect. All right. Often when you're doing a remodeling project, you have a large hole that you need to enlarge. Let's say it's in a door and you want to put in a different doorknob that's larger and you use a hole saw. But how do you use a hole saw to enlarge a hole that's already there? Well, I've got a quick tip and show you how to do that. Well, I have used this trick and it works great. We're going to share it with you when we come back here on today's Homeowner Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Duck Brand Weatherization Products. 
And welcome back to the last part of this hour of today's Homeowner Radio, the perfect time for Joe to provide us with another simple solution. What do you have, Joe? All right, Danny. Using a hole saw is absolutely the best, quickest, and really most accurate way to cut a large diameter hole. But sometimes if you have an existing hole, and you need to enlarge it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, like maybe you have an old door and you're putting in a new lock set and it requires a larger hole. You can't use the hole saw the way it's normally used because the pilot bit that sticks out of the hole saw guides the hole saw. And so now there's no wood for that pilot bit to bore into. So what do you do? The, the way you make this hole larger is you clamp a piece of half-inch plywood, and let's say it's a door. So you clamp it to each side of the door, and then you drill a newer, larger hole through the plywood. What happens is the pilot bit will bite into the plywood that you have clamped in place. It's just the plywood, just the sacrificial part, and you bore through it. And then once the the, the um, pilot bit's secured in the plywood, the hole saw can start cutting. It'll cut through the plywood and into the door and right through. And and because you have plywood on both sides, you can bore straight through. You don't have to worry about blistering out the back side because that back piece of plywood will prevent that from happening. So that's how you can enlarge a hole with a hole saw. Well, that is a great solution to that problem and pretty much the only one I can think of. I mean, I, I can imagine using a drill press and somehow yeah. rigging things up, but Well, wow. I can tell you I can tell you one other way I've tried, but it doesn't always work as well, is if you can mount two hole saws on the arbor. So what oh, you do is boy. the smaller hole saw is the same diameter as the old hole. Oh, and so wow. so that that goes through the hole and then behind it is the larger hole saw. But not every Arbor will accept two hole, hole saws, so but that is another way to do it. It's just you have to have a lot of hole saws to figure out, you know, which combination will work on which arbor. Well, that certainly doesn't qualify as a simple solution. That's a pretty, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. a pretty advanced that's a less thing. than simple solution. <laughs> well, Joe, Christmas is on top of us here. Uh, what, what do you have planned for the next few days? Well, we're going to be here in Connecticut. We'll go into the city. My wife's family's still in the city, um, so we haven't quite. Um, decided when we're going where. I don't like traveling on Christmas Day, you oh, know, because it's just right. So I like being home. Um, I don't mind traveling someplace on Christmas Eve. But, um, so we'll be home in, here in Connecticut, and then we usually travel into the city, into New York. Um, you know, three or four days later, my uh, mother-in-law is ninety-nine and doing well. Oh, so we'll, we'll see her. Um, and uh, but what about you? Is everybody coming to Mobile? Yeah, we're all they're all coming down. We're going to um, be in the main room and the fireplace blazing away, even if we have to wear short pants and a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> it may be a little warm, but yes, yeah. we'll have the fire going in the tree and just hang oh my out God, in that the grandkids, room. And, all those grandkids are at the perfect age. Right? And, and the one thing I'm going to do a little, little different this time is... What's that? Stop cleaning up the paper too early. I want to wait around in all of the knee-deep yeah. wrapping paper that have been torn to pieces. I want yeah, to wait yeah. around in it for a little while. Don't automatically start cleaning up the place with your right. garbage bags. It just not wait around, but W A D E. You're saying right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, wait around. Right? Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, yeah. We 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 want to we want to. We want to enjoy that part of it, so we don't want them to rush in there with the bags. And uh, and the kids uh, my, don't carefully open gifts anyway, so you might as well no. take advantage of that. Because right? I think last year we threw away an important cord, like a cord oh, that no. you know that was in a little plastic bag or yeah. something like. Where's the cord? Well, I can tell you where it is. It's probably in that garbage can out front. So yeah, I think I've yeah. spent a few Christmases going through trash looking for a piece of jewelry or something. 
something that got lost. Yeah, especially with all those grandkids, you have to be careful. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, it's a great time of the year, and certainly congratulations to your daughter, Kate, her fiancé, Zach. Uh, Thank that you. Kinda Appreciate it. That is a great little present before the presents are open. So congratulations right. to all of you guys. That's pretty much going to wrap up the first hour of today's Homeowner Radio. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, taking care of the next to the last show of the Today's Homeowner Radio program. It's a little bittersweet, but we're going out on top and going out feeling good. Thanks so much for being with us on this hour, Today's Homeowner Radio. We'll see you soon.